0: Mr. Greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is...
1: Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher from Buckinghamshire, currently teaching Reception in Year 1 children.
2: Hi, I'm Rob, I work in Key Stage 2 and I've got experience working from every year group from Year 3 up to Year 6. And we're very pleased
0: to have you, our listener, with us as we explore science learning outcomes with a legend from ancient Greece. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Dance of Persephone. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children, and if you sign up as an Epic Educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, illustrated by the hugely talented Heather Zita Rose, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Rob exploring
2: science with Persephone, who'd like to kick us off here. So I picked up two ideas and I kind of, I left, I thought about seasons and the how time passes through a year. But then I thought that's more of a key stage one early years thing. So I thought I'm going to focus on other bits, seeing as I've got key stage two. Hmm. So seeing as uh, Demeter is in charge of the clouds... Um, the first thing that I picked up was the water cycle. How does the water cycle work? What is the water cycle? Ooh. What are the different stages? Your evaporation, condensation. Where does the water cycle take place? Which it kind of, it links to geography as well. Um, It's part of the geography curriculum, but just how does it work? What is water? Yeah. With your older children as well, you might start to look at what H2O means and things like that. You might throw that in there mm. because... Yeah, further down in the school you don't necessarily need that you just refer to it as water but they will have heard of h2o i'd imagine um so just to get them to understand what that means is the water cycle the same in a country like saudi arabia does it still work the same way because when we think of saudi arabia it's a hot dry arid country um compared to Britain, which is not hot, dry, and arid, not mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Is it different on an island to uh, a country like Switzerland, which is landlocked? Things like that. So just get them to really think inquiringly about it as well. Mm. And then I also thought I used uh, a section, suddenly the earth rumbled and a huge hole appeared. <laughs> Out from the whole climbed Hades. This links very nicely to what's inside the earth. Ah, so have a okay. look at I um, I can't think of the word, but where you see a set, cutaway section, section of the, cross section, thank yeah. you, that's the word, of the earth. So what's inside it? What do we know now is inside it? What did the, the Greeks think? Uh, talk about the different sections, what they're made of, how thick they are, what that means. So when it says the crust is five kilometres mm-hmm. thick, what does that mm-hmm. mean?
1: Yeah.
2: It also kind of links to year six, science and geography starts to look at earthquakes as well. So if the earth is rumbling, that would suggest to me that an earthquake has happened, potentially. Mm. So again, you start looking at what is an earthquake, how does it happen, where do they happen, things like that. So you could look at, locate Greece on a map and say, are there any tectonic plates nearby? So again, in this as well, there's a lot of uh, geography links. So yeah, that's what I got for that.
1: The temperatures inside the as you go down into the Earth and see what it would be like
0: to live there. That's probably one of the reasons why it's assumed to be quite hot down uh, in Hades land, isn't it? (laughs) On the subject of going down, um, maintaining my terrible links for this week, (laughs) let's go down to the ages uh, four to seven and have a look at science there with you, Helen.
1: Okay, I had um, a couple of plant-related links. Oh, the first one is just naming plants. So one of the science requirements at Key Stage 1 is to name some common plants, which I think was a nice change of the 2014 curriculum. Hmm. So I thought this could be a really good opportunity to, you know, starting with daisies, but also looking at other flowers that might be in a meadow. In an ideal world, if it's a warm season <laughs> and you can visit somewhere that has lots of lots of plants, um, teach the children what they look like. Go on a plant hunt so you can get flower identification sheets, um, some very child-friendly ones that have the the common flowers on and give them to the children and get them to go and identify them, find a daisy, then find other plants. And then you you can, again, you can take it as far as you like, you can do some paintings of them, some drawings of them. You can look at the part, parts of the plants, uh, but the main objective is just to for children to name some common plants to identify them when they're out and about. You can go for a little walk to do that.
0: Does that include uh, naming some of the uh, the fruits that you come across in the story? Because I remember Janina puts in a uh, quite quite an exotic range of fruit. I know we've got, the pomegranate's got to be in there, and that's not a very common not fruit a very these common days, fruit, is, no. is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, um, I suppose out on a walk around where where we are, at least you might not see a pomegranate growing, but you might see other you might see other berries and you might see apple trees um, hmm. and things like that. So it's a good a good way into where where does fruit come from. Ah. Um, so that's naming plants, and then the other plants related activity is around what plants need. And as, as we said um, back when we were discussing just the story in general, and um, mm-hmm. what I like about one of the many things I like about the story is that it it uses a story to try and describe how things grow and so you've got you've got Demeter um going around doing all these all these jobs (laughs) she's got quite a lot to do in order to to make the plants grow so I thought um the children could become Demeter and do those jobs first of all again through, through role play get them to act out those different activities and then bring it to to the real world what do plants need and what do farmers in our country, in England, at least where we are, what do farmers need to do? What What's their life like? How do they care for plants? And how do yeah. they make sure their crops grow? Again, another link to where do plants come from? Where does our food come from? Which is a DT link in Key Stage 1, is where Where does our food come from? Because mm-hmm. some children might know, if they're from a farming community, a farming home, they might know where food comes from. But some children might believe that bananas and apples come from plastic bags and supermarkets. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so all these lovely links Um, this story has great links for for where food comes from how crops grow flowers plants all those lovely nature links the plants related parts of the science curriculum
0: but exploring as well the things that they will have to leave with Demeter because they can't just go and move the clouds around to make sure that the sun shines on their farms
1: well they could try if you, met, if you met a standard group of reception year one, year two children, they could try
0: just just looking up and blowing. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. And that that could be a whole other problem solving activity. This cloud is there, but it needs to be over there. <laughs> How are we going to do it? <laughs> um, and then really
0: long straw,
1: really long straw, a, really um, a lassie, and then of course, and um, get the children to grow their own little plants. Very common ones in classes are watercress and beans because they grow quickly, so children quickly see the changes. Yeah. Um, so get them to care for care for some plants themselves and be demeter.
0: And then eat the rewards. A lesson like that is you get to yes. eat the results, right?
1: Yes, hopefully, if all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> and then learn the heartbreaking reality of crops not always growing. <laughs> um, and then a tiny other activity I thought was very good for early years is to look at a pomegranate. Because they're so interesting. They are. Get a pomegranate, open it up, look at the parts, look at on the interactive board, look at a photograph of how where they come from and talk about seeds So and chase them, of course.
0: <laughs> they really do look like balls of jewels, don't they? Yes. Very tasty.
1: Yeah, they're brilliant.
0: That's all we have time for today, folks, and indeed this week. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable, all at the same time. We'll be back next week, so Persephone and her family can help us teach religion, history, art, geography, design and technology, physical education... And even music but right now it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon so cheerio, cheerio. and, we, and hope we hope to you hear, hear your, your story, story soon, soon.